I'm Viren Garrihy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to the moment where if they didn't laugh, they'd cry. So in his socks, starts jumping up and down, arms, again, you have to know my brother, you kind of had to be there, but all of a sudden Adam is effectively dancing in the grease. Then, then we start shouting, no Adam, don't do that! What does Adam then do? Starts to start bolting around the house in the grease. No! So now this, no. this immaculately cleaned house that we were so chuffed that we'd done everything is now grease-rich all over. So we have a great idea. My sister and I say, you know what we do? We get the mop. Oh, so no, no. Apparently you don't apply water to grease. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. Oh. I know it now. Former Minister for Health and current Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris is my guest this week. He talks to me about growing up in Wicklow in a tight-knit family, his love for battered burgers and his somewhat eventful time in his role as health minister. I hope you enjoy. Minister Simon Harris, you are extremely welcome to The Laughs of Your Life. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. For the purpose of this interview and the flow, can I just call you Simon? Please do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I good. I get called a lot worse. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd be like, no, actually, you can't. OK, we will get... St- well, first of all, thank you for having us here in this new office of yours. Thank you for coming. This is... Um, we're in Leeson Lane. Uh, we're in an office that was the Minister for Transport's office, but I've been given a new government department and we had no no office. So uh, Eamon Ryan has very kindly let us stay here. Um, so we're we're, um, we're, uh, we're squatting here for the moment, yeah. And you're, you're liking it? I'm liking it a lot. It's... Uh, Big change uh, from the last role, but really, a uh, really exciting department, and uh, yeah, trying to get stuck in. But um, yeah, after four and a half years in health, it's a bit of a kind of culture shock moving anywhere else. So. And not just any four and a half years. No, uh, no, they're pretty busy. The most unprecedented four and a half. Well, not all of the four and a half. Well, no, maybe all of it. Maybe no, all of it. All yeah, of it, yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole lot. Um, well, well, look, I was thank you for the OPW. I had responsibility for um, oh, yes. for flood management. Right. And we had the worst rain in was it about a hundred years during my time. Then, when I became minister for health, we had the biggest global pandemic. So it just seems to kind of follow me. So okay. God so what's, what's going to happen? What do you predict? Oh, I'm nearly afraid. Just no. touch wood. <laughs> we'll say <laughs> nothing. Let's be a lucky break. <laughs> okay. Well, look. We'll start with our laughter. Yes. Simon. Your first memory of laughter? So I think my first memory of laughter, I was, these are weird questions you never get asked in politics, but my <laughs> my, uh, my first memory of laughter is when my nana was minding my sister and myself. And um, I think it was about four, maybe five. And we decided to decorate the house in the toilet roll um, from the bathroom. So we ran all around the house, covered all of us with a toilet roll. My nana was a very patient, uh, very patient woman, minded us a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what, that's what we put her through that day as well. And my sister, who was younger than me by three years, and I just thought this was absolutely hilarious. It's so, <laughs> the little things, isn't it? So you're the eldest mm-hmm. of three. Of three. So there's myself, um, my sister Gemma, who was born on my third birthday. We take family planning very wow, seriously. My right. <laughs> and uh, my brother Adam, who is eight years younger than me. He's 24, nearly 25, I think. Yeah. And what was it like being the eldest of three? What was big brother Simon like? Oh, I don't know. Um, we're very close. So so the three of us were, were and are very close. Um, and we'd kind of a great childhood. Uh, you know, we played a lot together. My mother was big into um, like fancy dress competitions in the residence association. We'd always had the best costumes. She'd dress us up really well and all that sort of stuff. So we went, we kind of went everywhere together. We were very close. Um, I always feel that as the oldest, you kind of had to break down the, the barriers. You know, yeah, by the okay. time my younger brother kind of got to teenage years, kind of like, 
you know, we'd 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 done everything for him. It was kind of like I let him off. You know? Yeah. So um, yeah, being the older, being the oldest, I suppose you uh, you have to break down the barriers for your siblings, don't you? I You're can't imagine. I'm the youngest, yeah. so they were well broken for me. The youngest I, is completely spoiled. Usually. Yeah, my mom blames. Present comedy. <laughs> my mom blames my antics on the fact that I was the youngest. Um, <laughs> but I can't imagine you breaking too many rules. Would I be right or wrong? No, you're probably right. Okay. I was pretty serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, re- didn't really break many rules growing up, actually. Um, I was kind of, yeah, no, I was bored enough, I suppose. What, <laughs> what do you reckon your fellow primary school or secondary school uh, students would have said about you? Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, I had a lot of good friends. And I had a lot of friends, and I'm still very, I'm still friends with them today. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a good sign. That that a lot a of lot. my friends from primary school, um, you know, people I know since I was four or five, are still amongst my closest friends today. So I think I, I made good friends, and hope I was a good friend um, from a kind of young age, and I've kept that kind of close group of friends um, ever since then. Was never very good on sport, though. Um, I remember my. Uh, my dad used to manage the um, the local soccer club, uh, Greystones United, a local soccer team there. And I begged my dad to uh, put me in goals once, please put me in goals in the mini league. And he had seven goals in in a couple of minutes and completely mortified my father, embarrassed my friends. So I kind of knew my limitations early right. on in life. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think with what you do now, mm-hmm. it's so important to have your friends that you had from the get-go? And do you think that grounds you? Do you think it is a support network that is so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really important in life that you have friends who are friends with you because of your friend. In other words, they knew you before you had whatever job that you had, um, who have ideally no interest in the job that you do. Um, So my friends, just with the the odd exception, my kind of close local circle of friends have no interest whatsoever in politics now i roped them into you know dropping leaflets and putting up posters and all those things friends do to help people out right but uh no it's great and it's great on a night out or something to be just you know talking to people normally about things that have nothing to do with work uh rather than you know we all collect kind of work friends and we all kind of socialize in in groups and work in whatever job you have but it is nice to be able to switch off and actually hang out with friends who couldn't care less what you're the minister for you know and on that how do you switch off? Because I'm sure whatever way you used to switch off in the past few months, have you even been able to do that? So in the last few months, truthfully, no. And I don't think, I think that's probably a good thing. So it wouldn't have been a good time to switch no. off uh, in the middle of the COVID pandemic. But, um, and the last few months were really intense. And actually only when I moved from health to this new role did I realise how intense they were. Because mm. actually, you know, you kind of, you can nearly feel a kind of tightness in your chest and it was kind of going wow that's that's not normal because you know when you're stuck in the middle of something you're you're at you're you're kind of working so hard and constantly you don't really realize until yeah. when you actually come to a stop so in general though i mean there's very easy ways i have to get to switch off now i've have an 18 month old baby she <laughs> definitely doesn't care what job i do <laughs> and you know there's nappies to be changed and you know a bottle made up at night and all of that sort of stuff that uh, grounds you very, very quickly. Pictures to be drawn, drawn, drawing is the big <laughs> thing now. Um, so that that's, that that kind of that enables you to switch off because you have to, yeah. um, and it's very enjoyable. And in general, then just hanging out with my friends uh, locally in Greystones where I live as well. Okay, Simon. The first time you felt laughed at, and before you launch into this, I was talking to Sarah who works with you, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of said because with this podcast there are there set questions. Yes. And so I like for people to read them in advance because I think sometimes people who don't read them in advance, they, afterwards they go, oh, I wish I'd read them in advance. 
So I kind of said to Sarah there last week, I said, is there any chance Simon's had a look? She said, yeah, he has. Now, he was reading about, he read the first time he felt laughed at, and I think it might have brought up kind of weird memories. <laughs> she kind of tipped me off. She said, I don't know how he felt about that one. So how do you feel about that one? Oh, no, I feel fine. I'm sure there's many times I get laughed at, particularly, particularly in politics. But but, but at, a, at a younger age, I remember, I used to be, um, I used to have my mother and father plagued to get pets. Right. So um, we've had pretty much, you know, we've had, what have we had? We've had budgies, dogs, cats, rabbits. The latest fad I had uh, back when I was, I don't know what age I was, maybe 11 or 12, was I wanted a hamster. Right. And um, and you know what always happens with a pet. You get a pet and your parents end up looking after the yeah. pet. So anyway, I got this hamster, called him Phil, because my mother's friend Phyllis had persuaded her to let me get him. Right. So Phil the hamster uh, lived in my bedroom. And um, one night uh, I'm asleep. And it must be at two o'clock in the morning and I'm kind of start to wake up and realize there's something on my face and I can feel this thing crawling on my face. I pick up this thing and freak out, not knowing whether it's, you know, when you're in a deep sleep, whether it's a mouse, it's a rat, it's my pet hamster anyway. So run out of the bedroom. Um, I was only about 11 or 12 and he emphasized that again. I run out of the bedroom, wake up the house, my mom, my dad, and the whole family ridiculed me for quite a long period of time. And... Simon's great uh, friendship and affinity with rodents came to an abrupt end. So, uh, <laughs> Did the hamster have to go? No, the hamster stayed a while. Right. And um, in fact, I think the hamster passed away when we were on holidays in France. Um, and we all had to be terribly sad that the pet hamster had right. passed away. But uh, my, my hamster phase, I went back to dogs after Got you, got yeah. Safer bet. Safer bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your parents there. Yep. Just while you mentioned them, how have they found the past few months for you? I don't know. Um, I mean, I have incredibly supportive parents. Um, again, no interest whatsoever in politics, other, you know, as in no political involvement. Right. Um, but have been my biggest supporters and helpers. And if, if you even had, if I could even explain 1% of how much my parents have done for me and my brother and my sister, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing it justice. So they've done a huge, huge amount to to help us do whatever we want in our lives. Um, my mum always used to say when we were growing up that, you know, success is liking what you do. Um, and she just wanted her kids to do whatever they wanted to do in life. And, uh, and that's largely what we have done. So um, they've been really, really supportive. Um, you know, I suppose they, they worry like any parents, you know, they worry, are you overworking or you get a text and you're looking very tired on the telly or are you sleeping or that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and obviously, like like for everybody in Ireland, lockdown was, was difficult because... They live really close to us, but um, obviously we weren't able to see them. Uh, my mom has an underlying health condition. She had to cocoon. Um, it's just the normal challenges that everybody faced. So it was very nice to be able to, I can't remember when it was, but whenever it was allowed, yes. <laughs> when we were allowed to meet up outdoors again and stuff yeah. like that, um, it, it was really good. Because as I say, we, we're, we're a very close family and I've only moved about, I don't know, five minutes away from their house maybe so me too yeah i don't venture too far either i'm just around the corner from my it's very handy isn't it it's very handy <laughs> when they when you haven't had time for the dinner and your yeah, mom has exactly. a casserole on or something yeah, it's great absolutely. um and do you think about i'm sure you do think about this you know how the effect it maybe has on their lives or your siblings lives and how they might if you're you know facing harsh criticism do they feel that for you <sighs> Yeah, oh, they do. They do. And I'm, I'm always conscious of the effect it has on my wife as well. Cause yes. She's a nurse. Sorry, yes, so of course. I was a health minister and yeah. she was a nurse. That can't have yeah. been fun. No, no. <laughs> but um, but um, look, we, we've always, we just kind of compartmentalize these things. Um, so, you know, I just had a, had a job as health minister, have a job as a minister now, do the job come home in the evening and it's just it's just the job to them. Now, of course, it's it's a job that takes up a lot of uh, 
a lot of time. But um, yeah, I think I think your family always feel that. I mean, you must see it as well. Like, I mean, yeah, we're kind of. I'm not sure anyone's made to, to be able to take criticism, but we, you know, we, we're, we're used to it. We sign up for it. Yeah. They don't. Yes. Um, like we had one or two particularly kind of horrific incidences where we had these awful people who decided to kind of protest outside our family home when our baby was only three weeks old or something. Um, you know, that's sort of horrific. Um, I won't use bad words, but that's sort of right. uh, horrific yes. stuff. Yes. Um, so, so, but but look, in, ge- in general, um, in general, we, yeah, of course they feel it more, but um, we have a good kind of support structure and we can just get on with it. But equally, they celebrate the, the praise. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you couldn't do these jobs without, I mean, that's the thing that I don't think people fully get about politics so like you, you hear a lot of kind of criticism of politicians involving kind of family members and mm. you know hiring them for jobs if i haven't done that but i'm making the point more broadly you can actually see how it happens because your whole family gets involved yeah. you know they uh they share your wins they share your loss um it's like a family business there's a passion really, yeah. there that no one else yeah there is and i'm and, and i suppose like i say you put you put yourself out there um, yeah. and with that comes praise sometimes and criticism other times um and that can be that can be hard or great depending on which it is yes. uh, for your loved ones yeah okay simon the moment if you didn't laugh you'd cry have a little glance at the notes there <laughs> written the word Greece right and not the country the stuff okay. that you put in the deep fat fryer oh right so it's another random story but it's, it's funny what comes back to you and you, and you think like because I don't you don't ever think about these questions I know I, that's I don't know why they're there I come up with these questions <laughs> uh, I mean what actually went through your mind to ask I don't know questions? but um, no yeah uh, so again a story involving my, my childhood and um, my brother and sister this time both of them um, so my my mom's dad passed away and he was before he passed away obviously my mom was along with her siblings spending a lot of time in their house and saying goodbye to their dad and my sister um my brother and i were at home my dad and we decided we'd clean the house because my mom was coming home for a bit of a break before she'd have to go kind of back up to say her final goodbye to her dad and we were running around cleaning the house and i can't remember what age we were now but teenage years i, I was a teenager my brother Adam was was I don't know was he nine or ten or something like that. Adam has um Adam has Asperger's syndrome, and he's very high functioning, very bright, way brighter than I am. But one of the things Adam tends to do, I think he calls it stemming, so he can he can kind of run on the spot and shake his hands and stuff. It's a way he kind of lets out his energy. He explains it much better than I do. Right. Anyway, we're running around the house and we're cleaning up, and this is great, and we're delighted with ourselves. Our mom is going to be home in a couple of minutes, and the whole house is going to be really really clean. Next thing. I'm lifting the deep fat fryer off the counter. Thankfully, it's cool. Right. Off the counter to put it away. And when I spill it all onto the kitchen floor, <gasps> we no. live in a bungalow. <laughs> Does my brother then decide now would be a really good time because he's panicked to start stemming in the grease? No. no. So in his socks, starts jumping up and down. Arms, again, you have to know my brother. <laughs> you kind of had to be there. But all of a sudden, Adam is effectively dancing in the grease. <laughs> then... Then we start shouting, no, Adam, don't do that. What does Adam then do? Starts to start bolting around the house in the grease. No. So now this, no. this immaculately cleaned house that we were so chuffed that we'd done everything is now grease rich all over. So we have a great idea. My sister and I say, you know what we do? We get the mop. Oh, so no, no. Apparently you don't apply water to grease. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. Oh, I know it now. Oh, God. So we decided to vigorously start mopping the floors of the house. And of course, that just made the grease go everywhere. No. And in the middle of the mopping, my mom opens the hall door, you know, delighted to see her children and her husband and goes, ah, ah and 
yeah no it was one of those times where we knew we, we just actually had to laugh yeah, about it after yeah. because no, <laughs> she was coming home for a few minutes rest we tried to clean her house and we'd wrecked the whole place your so, timing um, was impeccable timing was impeccable yeah. <laughs> i like that i like that okay simon you're no laughing matter moment in life well, that has to be that has to be COVID. Really? That's funny enough. <laughs> you probably wouldn't expect me to have said anything else, really, because um, yeah. So we'd obviously been through the general election without getting mm. involved in the politics of all of that. I had presumed that that may well mean the end of my tenure in the Department of Health. I had even packed up my office in the Department of Health. There was this, you know, who was going to be in government? Nobody really knew what was going on, and. Um, but I kind of had a, had, a, had an instinct that um, either my party wouldn't be in government or I wouldn't be in health. So I was in the office, had packed up the office in the department, had moved lots of the stuff out to my constituency office, and then bang. Um, I don't know, about 10 days, two weeks after the general election and all the dust settles, um, COVID really starts to take off in Ireland. And um, yeah, the world just changed. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, there's, instead of kind of, just kind of passing time in the Department of Health and keeping the show ticking over until the new person gets there. You're now um, engulfed in what has been the biggest global pandemic uh, in our world. And you're being briefed and informed of just a situation with eye-watering figures in terms of how many people might get sick in our country, how many people might die in our country. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands. And this is the advice you're being given by brilliant people like our chief medical officer Tony Houlihan you're at um, one meeting in literally the middle of the night and um, you remember this around St. Patrick's Day when the Taoiseach was in Leo Varadkar was the Taoiseach then was in Washington and we we're sitting in the Department of Health and there's an emergency meeting of the National Public Health Emergency Team and a decision to effectively begin to close down the country close schools the next day and i think we left the department of health maybe at two or three that morning for an announcement the next morning i mean just kind of yeah stuff that you'd never imagine in your life um that you'd be dealing with stuff that i don't think anyone in our country in the world uh, believed we'd be dealing with it now all of a sudden become a real reality um and then you're you know, you're, you're, you're waiting for the daily figures. How many people today will the chief medical officer say have be, have gotten sick with this? How many people will have passed away? Um, and yeah, it, it got the, the scale of the decisions and the situation we found ourselves in in Ireland and worldwide is just even now it's hard to get your head fully around. Is it a blur now or is it even a blur yet? Are you still in the in the blur? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 peculiar for me now because the pandemic is still here. Yeah. I'm obviously still a member of the government. I'm not a member. I'm not a min- the minister for health. So you're, 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 at, you're at one remove from where you were in relation to it. Um, but it is all still a bit of a blur. I mean, I, I think and I think it's going to be a blur for all of us, uh, for everyone in our country until until it's passed and until we all get a chance to kind of take a deep breath and see how we've come through. I think it's been a it's been a it's been a weird time because nothing that I say I don't want anything that I say to take away from the absolute tragedy um, that has been seen for so many people's lives the loss of life people getting really sick the devastation for business I mean this Mm. has been a devastating time for people I I fully get that Um, but it's also been an incredible time in terms of seeing the best of people Mm. Um, and it's funny what sticks in your mind because loads of I saw loads of really good examples of people just being sound yeah. it's been really decent but the one that really sticks in my mind is um postmen and women and it's a small example but i just thought this was class um 
people are people are understandably worried about how are we going to look after older people, people living on their own, people who need someone to check in on them. And all of a sudden you begin to realize that the logistics, like where do all where do all the old people live? How do you find all the people that you need to find in your community? How do you make sure you look after everyone? And sure, who knows where everybody lives? The postman, yeah. the postwoman. So the post postmen and women came to government and they basically said, look, we're willing not just to deliver the post, we're going, we're willing to check in on people too and in a socially distant way, you know, knock on the door, check someone's okay, if they need a message picked up or some medicine picked up from the shop. And they did that. And they didn't ask for an extra euro, an no. extra cent. You know, nobody nobody looked for anything for themselves. People just pulled together. And I just thought that was an amazing act of generosity mm. at a time when we were all being told to kind of stay at home, don't open your doors, you know, be careful. Yeah, um, above and these beyond. People were going, yeah, they were really going above and beyond. So, that, And there's there's countless examples of that. GA clubs around the country setting up WhatsApp groups. Um, yeah, really amazing stuff. So I suppose that that is one of the heartening things. At the very worst time for our country, you do see the very best in people. And that's, that, that's kind of amazing. And, and that didn't, and I, I think we... You know, we, we, we should be proud of that as Irish people because it didn't happen in every other country. So yeah. in some countries, yeah. COVID became really divisive. Yes. And we won't name them, but we all know them. Yes. Where it became really political and divisive and people used it kind of for political gain or to attack each other. And it became them versus us. In Ireland, it actually weirdly drew people together. And mm. in, in a bizarre sort of way, it's kind of cliched now, but by staying apart, we actually did become closer. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we should be proud of that as a country. Absolutely. Is there a part of you that found it hard to let go of your role as Minister for Health at this time? Was there, did you kind of go, ah? Yeah, I did. Um, not, 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 not out of any, um, not out of any political reason. It's no. just when you're, when Invested. you're living, eating, eating, breathing, sleeping, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, and COVID is still here. Um, but look, I'm still a member of the government. And yeah. Still involved. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big change. Okay, Simon, the person you always laugh with? My daughter, Saoirse. Um, <laughs> so she's, at, as I was saying to you, she's at that age now where she's 18 months. So she's kind of, you know, the way they become funny. So yeah. for a while, they're, for a while, they're just babies. They're kind of scary <laughs> for a while. I find yeah. that with my, with my sister's kids, I, I was a bit afraid to, ah, like, yeah. how do I hold? Like, not that I was terrible at it, but it's when you can knock a bit of crack out of them, it's That's great. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you're, yeah, exactly as you say, when, you know, they're so fragile and you're <laughs> picking them up and you're trying to watch the soft and their head spot. Goes. And the head, yeah, exactly. And is this the way I do it? And, <laughs> and you're going to those, you know, prenatal class and all that sort of stuff and learning all, the, all these sort of things. Um, and then all of a sudden you come home one evening and they're now a little person. Yeah. Do you know, sort of, way, and they're <laughs> running around, and they're, uh, and they have developed a little personality. So the big thing now is jumping. So it's all about <laughs> jumping on the couch and throwing herself back on the couch <laughs> and uh, and laughing. And she just loves laughing now. You have to get the grease going, and she. Can... <laughs> <laughs> no, you only do that in someone else's tradition. Yeah. So 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 no. So definitely, my daughter Saoirse. And did being a dad. Like, did that change how maybe you approached your work? Maybe in a way you would have thrown yourself into it kind of more fearlessly before. Do you kind of now go, ah? No, it, it did. Actually, it did change my perspective on things in a way that I didn't know whether it would. I, I suppose you can't know whether it no, would or not. No, until it so, happens, yeah. So it becomes, when you're talking about, so, so I, I ended up hearing from lots of children around the country during COVID. I mm. um, was kind of really taken aback by this, but kids started writing to me and sending me cards and making cards and telling me how COVID was going to go in for them and you know what they were doing with their day and how they were missing their grandparents and some funny stories and some sad stories mm-hmm. and and it it, it, just, it did just make it very real for me because I, I was thinking of 
you know the impact that it has on children and what if that was your daughter and mm. you know you know sort of way. so you do think about things about like the closure of schools and stuff all of a sudden you don't think about them in the abstract you start thinking of well how would I feel if that was my daughter if she was a few years older so changed my perspective in that sense um in that it just became real because you're coming home and looking at a little person exactly. every night. okay a time where you had the last laugh Simon and I don't want to hear that you're not the kind of person who likes to have the last laugh because we all like to have a bit of a laugh oh ah, yeah um <laughs> So this, so this this is kind of a this is kind of a, a moment where I was experiencing a little bit of ageism, and uh, and we won, so um, which is important. Um, <laughs> so there was um, when I decided I was going to run for for politics first. I was twenty two, I think. Yeah, twenty two, and I wanted to run for the county council. Um, and I remember going to a meeting in. Um, I will not give too much away. I remember going to a political meeting and uh, I remember man after man standing up and they, actually, they were all men and they were all of a certain age standing up uh, one after the other saying things like, ah, you know, learn to walk before you can run. That was that was a refrain used quite a number of times. And ah, should, should you just, you know, wait your turn? And do, Anyway, I didn't wait my turn because no. you don't wait your turn in politics or in life. If no. you believe you can do something, you've got to go for it. Um, and I got on the ticket and ran and I got elected uh, and I got elected with a with a very large vote. And I remember looking back going, there you go. I did walk and run. So, so there is <laughs> a moment of that. So, so I do. I, I find I find a lot in. And look, sometimes people are right, but I, I find <laughs> I find a lot a lot in politics, a lot in Irish society as well. There, there is this kind of ageist thing of, ah, sure, you're not old enough yet or I'll wait your turn. And I've had a lot of that through my uh, through my career and that, that was one of those moments that always plays in my mind where I was told learn to, to walk before you can run and uh, I decided to, to take the plunge to, to get off run and to sprint yes. and, uh, and it worked out okay I love it Simon if laughter wasn't the best medicine what would be? So now that I'm not the health minister um, <laughs> I can uh, I can concede that batter burgers would be, would be there. <laughs> Really? And nobody really believes that about I was me. like yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. I wouldn't have put you down as a butter no, burger person. No, there you go. Um, <laughs> my metabolism, which I think slows down with age, um, <laughs> but my metabolism is so far my friend. Um, though, it, though there's there's a history of this being friends on the male side of my family, and then they hit a certain age. And oh right, okay. The metabolism slows down, so I, I right. have to enjoy it while it lasts. But um, yeah, no, a, a, a sneaky butter burger. I've never had one. Um, oh, they're very nice. Is it just the, no? Is it just the meat that's battered and then normal bun? No, you don't. Well, you can have it with a bun, but that'd be a bit controversial. No, it's just it's just in batter. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it. Delicious. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of like battered Mars bars, battered sausage. I'll have Same to go idea, for it. but just right. the burger. My my metabolism isn't as kind, so that's why I haven't <laughs> gone there. Okay. Worth a try. <laughs> if oh, hang on, we're actually at our quick fire round. Oh, okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. The actor that always makes you laugh. I have no idea. <laughs> you must have I'm one. Completely frozen. <laughs> What movie have you have you laughed out loud at? Oh, I haven't seen a movie in so bloody long. Okay, pass. <sighs> Let's keep going. Oh, but sure, there's not too many more. I was going to say the actress. <laughs> I don't have it. Okay, the comedian you always laugh at, Simon. Oh, I am. Um, ah, Michael, Michael. Oh, geez, I, uh, Michael. Oh, yeah, I know. I watch him all the time. On the Michael stage. <laughs> I love Michael McIntyre. <laughs> I love Michael McIntyre. I also love Foil Arm and Hogs. Oh, they're Foil excellent. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them see, twice. Did, oh, yes, live. Yes, in uh, Vicar Street. They're very good. Did you see their latest sketch about school? No. Oh, you need to watch that. I used to watch Is it every Thursday they put up a new thing? But yes. I, yeah, I, I've, I've gone out of, out of the habit, but I've been to see them the last two years in a row. I won't explain it fully, but they're in school. They all have their masks on in the classroom. 
and they're all making no- like animal noises and so and the teacher can't figure out who's making what noise because of the masks it's very good it's very they're good, very good. Um, you don't have an actor or an actress I must have an actor or an actress I surely there's a movie you've burst out loud burst out laughing ah uh, if it could be brain freeze <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. You're, you're clocked Not out. clocked out. Okay, well, look, Simon, your best or your worst joke? Have you got a terrible dad joke you'd like to share with us? Oh, I've got rude jokes that I couldn't possibly share. Oh, um, you must. No, no. <laughs> career-ending uh, jokes. Career-ending jokes, yeah. <laughs> uh, career-ending jokes. Have I got any? No. None that I can share. Okay, well, look, I won't push you. Thank you. You can tell me off air. <laughs> Minister Simon Harris. I'll give you your official title. Minister <laughs> Simon Harris. Thank you so much for sharing the last of your life. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Minister Simon Harris. I hope you enjoyed. Loads of other great guests to come this season, so don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all that other stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios. <laughs> <laughs>